This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! So, guys, one could say that heads rolled on this latest episode of Z Nation. I will boo literally. that Literally. I will boo <laughs> that Literally. literally. <laughs> hey, Z Nation fans, welcome to another episode of the Z Nation After Buzz After Show. Today, we are talking about Season 2, Episode 13, Adios Muchachos. How are we all doing tonight? Awesome. Well, my head is connected to my shoulders, so I'm feeling pretty good. All right. I'm good. That is definitely a plus. So, guys, let me introduce my fantastic panel. To my left, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. You can find me on Twitter at Kiaxet, K-I-A-X-E-T. I'm also checking the hashtag ABTVZNation and the live chat. So, if you got something fun to say, throw it in there. You may get a shout-out. <laughs> Michelle Cullen. Hello, everyone. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. I am rocking my brand new Z Nation hat today, and I'm very excited. <laughs> it does. I don't even have that hat. <laughs> I keep asking for that hat. I keep not getting it. Believe me, she won't on. have it for long either. <laughs> oh, no, this is mine. It does look real snazzy. <laughs> it does. And joining us in the studio again is our wonderful, wonderful special guest, Jen Derwingson. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you for having me again. Thanks. Um, for coming. My yes. Twitter and Instagram, although I'm pathetic at Instagram, but they're both at Jen Elder, J-E-N-L-D-E-R. And I'm your guys' host, Megan Salinas. Uh, you guys can tweet at me directly at the Manguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. So, yeah, this this was a fun, crazy episode. Uh, what are your guys' initial thoughts on the end of this two-parter? El Caminos, man. <laughs> El Caminos. <laughs> El Caminos are pretty oh. great. 10K's final moment, just so, so fantastic. That was great. That was great. I I really enjoyed... 
I love it when when series do this, where not only do, does part one have really good buildup, but part two has really good delivery. It's one of the most disappointing things when a show does a two-parter and the first part is really good, and then the second part is just real lackluster. And I really, really enjoyed this. So one. Doctor Who then? Yeah. <laughs> you anybody who who watches Doctor Who, you can probably guess which Shade. two parts we're talking about. Anyway. <laughs> but, um, Jen, you wrote not only this episode, but the episode pr- uh, prior to this one, this two-parter. Uh, this one must have been a lot of fun to write because you've, there's a lot going on. Were you worried about being able to get everything across because not only do we have a lot of different themes going on, but there's a lot of plot to cram into these two episodes as well. Yeah, I mean, it was the the main challenge was in the first episode to get everything set up and still keep it interesting and fun and dramatic. Sorry, guys, like we have this, a moth in our moth. studio. <laughs> he's, he's sitting on my lap now, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, there was there was a lot going on, a lot of lot of moving parts, and especially there was a lot of payoff to a lot of things going on in the season, like what was going on with Vasquez the whole time. Now we know, and now he gets to do something about it that might jeopardize the mission. Um, and then his, on top of that, there's his relationship with Warren. There's, you know, what's going on with Murphy <laughs> and Dr. <laughs> that's the Curian. Whole series, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Uh, and, and Dr. Curian, and what are they really up to? And is it going to work? Um, I think there's... there. Uh, I think it's in there. It's there. I've seen so many versions of it, but <laughs> there's a point where there, you know, the rest of the team is going, "What's going on?" And Warren just says, "You know, Murphy." It's, it's, <laughs> you know, it's basically that line of like, "It's gonna go wrong." He has a plan. Murphy's law. That's Murphy's law. Quite literally, whatever oh, plan he has is not going to go exactly according to plan. Yeah. Yeah. So. Again, there's a lot of stuff. What was your favorite plot point to address this episode? Because as you said, we've got El Scorpion things going on. We have Vasquez's story. We've got different relationships going on. What was your What was the highlight for you writing about in these two episodes? Um, I really enjoyed uh, writing for Emilio Rivera for El Scorpion. Um, I <laughs> the the sort of monologue that I wrote for him when he's talking to Vasquez in the sort of zombie. Iron Maiden about his whole story and yes. how he got to the place that he is is you know one of my favorite things that I've that I've written and uh, Emilio really kind of knocked it out out of the park and you know it was based a lot you know some of what I knew about him and my own experience and putting it together and um, so yeah and then the two of them on set uh, during those torture scenes was just like super intense. And I, I think, uh, Matt Sedanio finally got to do a lot of really interesting stuff in this episode. And when those two are confronting each other, it was, it was amazing and really kind of fun. And, you know, it's, it's fight choreography, but, <laughs> um, there were points and I was tweeting about this Friday night that, um, in the final fight scene outside the wall, you know, they were, we have a fight choreographer, the stunt coordinator was there, they were shooting it, and there was one, there was one hit, I can't remember, that they weren't quite getting right, and Amelia just says to Matt, just hit me, bro. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, yeah, that's the kind of dude he is. He's a very committed actor. I can take it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, that, yeah, no, let's, let's talk about Vasquez in this episode, because he gets pulled from the jaws of death 
at the very beginning, and and then yeah, proceeds to basically be confronting El Scorpion, and that's the majority of him. Is this episode is the two of these actors interacting, and it is just fascinating to watch. And I will say, it was. It got under my skin that El Scorpion had an Iron Maiden, like a zombie-esque Iron Maiden. That, to me, was one of the most unsettling things we've seen in the zombie apocalypse. Oh, that was fantastic. It did not surprise me. Oh, so good. (laughs) Just like, like one more turn and you leave your face off. Like, okay, yeah, no. I really did like I Don't Die, I Kill. But I did automatically subtitle it with, I live, I die, I live again! <laughs> like, yep. The Furiosa yep. episode was a couple episodes ago. I don't ago. care, this is still wonderful. Um, Can we get the live chat up, please? So, yeah, that that was one of my favorite little bits. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. How about you, uh, Michelle? This this must be hard for you. I, <laughs> I am sad. I am. I... Before the episode aired, I actually tweeted out, if a Scorpion could just live to the end of the season, I, I think everyone would be okay with that. Okay, thanks. Oh, no. <laughs> thanks, bye. I kind of did that knowing that it wasn't going to go that way, and then I finally watched the episode, and I was like, oh, darn it. Because <laughs> he comes out at the end, and I was like, maybe. Maybe there's a standoff, and they run away and escape, and he'll he'll come back up in the last episode. Um, but I do appreciate how it was written and how it ended because I think it needed to close at the end of that episode. So the I'm hatch sad, door but did I indeed close. The hatch door closed, but it's still not the end of the season. That's all I'll say. <laughs> you can never trust a show where there's a hatch involved. No, no. absolutely not. Anything can happen underneath a hatch. That's <laughs> all so true. Just don't know. And, he, and we did see that Dr. Kurian is still kicking around, such alive? as it is. Getting kicked oh, around. Love I was going to say, he's not kicking. He's, <laughs> he's, getting, he's, getting, he's getting. He's Jan in the pan. I'm so happy. Oh, goodness. Every time I can make a stupid Jan in the pan joke, I'm thrilled. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking Talking about, there's a mystery science theater episode called um, "The Brain That Wouldn't Die," <laughs> and there's one point where they are keeping a woman's head alive in a cookie sheet with wires because this was sci-fi in the '50s, and they go around calling her Jan in the Pan. So that's what he is. He, he's Jan in the Pan. I love it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that is something <laughs> that indeed did happen in this episode. Just, I'm so happy. I, I do want to go back to uh, the story of how El Scorpion became El Scorpion, and there was a really good line in there, everyone has an apocalypse. And that was, uh, first of all, I want to know whether or not his uh, his backstory had been decided way, way, way before this episode was penned on paper, or if that was just something you kind of came up with to make the character even more compelling than he already is. Uh, yeah, so it was... Yeah, we needed to have the moment. Um, it was actually something Carl Schaefer, the showrunner, asked me to do was kind of give him this moment. I mean, in one way, it's like, you know, a Bond, you know, supervillain moment where I'm like, I'm about to kill you. Now I'm going to tell you. Now I'm going to tell you. I reasons why. But um, also, it was, yeah, it was a moment where we wanted, I, you know, we wanted to know more about him and humanize him a little bit and not just make him this two-dimensional 
villain, but find out where he got to to that place. And we hadn't talked about it before this episode, but uh, I talked about it with Carl when we were when I was up there working on the episode, and um, it was just you know from what I, I used to work with um, this theater group that does workshops at Juvenile Hall. Um, and does now works uh, at, with different incarcerated youth and at, at risk youth, and does these theater workshops. They're called the Unusual Suspects. Give them a little shout out because they're awesome. Mm. And just working, working with these kids, and who all didn't expect to live to be eighteen, and you know how they got to be in juvenile hall, all accused of murder or attempted murder under the age of eighteen. And so I knew all of their stories. I knew a little bit about Emilio's own story, which if you ever get him on here, you gotta talk to him about it because it's amazing. And so I just kind of incorporated all of that in, into into this guy who was, you know, this gangster, but how did he get there? Yeah. Yeah. We, everybody has a story, and I liked that it was solidified in that line of everybody has an apocalypse. You know, bad guys. Even when we, we when we were talking to uh, the actor who plays Dr. Curian on the phone a couple weeks ago, he was even saying that Dr. Curian, you know, didn't always, wasn't always a bad guy. You right. know, it, back back in the day, he was in it for the science at His some point. His backstory for Dr. Curian is one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, no, that's very true. Um, I was wondering if the whole, that specific tattoo was kind of you and Emilio working together because that is a real tattoo that he has of his son. Or if you knew that he had that and you kind of wrote around it, or that was something. Um, he, it's not a real tattoo. Oh. It, was, it was created by I'm our. By our <laughs> but that's good. It's a good sign. It was created by our makeup artist. Um, it is actually she um, used a, a photograph of Emilio's son um, oh. to, to to do that. So, and I, I, that was his request to. Okay. He, he he said, you know, I want to I want to do this, and you know, we're having this tattoo, and he had talked to. Uh, Corinne Foster, lead makeup artist, about doing it, and we all thought it was a it's a great idea. So it's a little it's a little Easter egg for for <laughs> well, some people to see who it is. Shout but, yeah. out to Corinne. Yeah, that was really good. No, Corinne's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so it's real. a big tattoo of Emilio's son, of his yeah. real son, of his real, of his real son. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I said the first yeah. time. Katie. <laughs> because we needed, you know, we needed the tattoo to be. You know, very specific and recognizable, so that because it was the device by which Vasquez recognizes him. Yeah, and it probably yeah. helps to have it as a family member, so that he has something to pull for for yeah. his performance yeah. too. Yeah, that was really great. So when when somehow, like first of all, El Scorpion tried to throw Warren under the bus, even when he failed to get the information that he wanted. On the one hand, I wasn't surprised by it because this is a guy that murders you know, wives and children and doesn't give it a second thought and sure enough doesn't remember it when it happens. But for me, it was Tuesday. That's exactly what yeah. <laughs> I quoted last week. Um, so, it, like, I wasn't surprised when he tried to throw Warren under the bus. I was a little bit surprised when um, it, it didn't turn out that... Because I thought you guys were going for a twist with... Um, because every time Vasquez and El Scorpion were talking, they kept cutting away to what I assumed was El Scorpion's right-hand woman. Uh, they kept cutting away to her specifically, dur- especially during this story, this backstory of... You El killed Scorpion. my daughter, prepare to die. 
And I almost thought for a minute that it was going to turn out to be that that was Vasquez's daughter. <laughs> and then it didn't pan out that way oh, at all. Because I was like, this is like the third or fourth time they cut to her. She must be significant in some way. So those were some really interesting editing. We, we watched it together. I was like, yeah, you know, I bet that would be her. That would be so awesome. Like, yeah. Oh, I guess not. Then why did they edit it like that? <laughs> We're all I, confused. That's, that's, you know, that's an Abram Crocs question. <laughs> and I, I kind of took it, because I watched it twice. I watched it last night and then again this morning just for the refresher. Um, and I thought that too the first time. And then the second time I watched it, um, I think it was kind of to illustrate the indifference at which the Zeros feel when they're witnessing torture. Yeah. Mm. Like, she was totally comfortable with it. I also think... I'd have to go back and look again to look closer, but there might have been some transition to Murphy's control in the makeup Yeah, ships. there was. Oh. There so was. There, it was, kind of it was a nice before and after. Yeah. But I, I will say that I was a little disappointed. Not disappointed. That's the wrong word. I was. I hate being wrong. <laughs> 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 that's, a, that's more. That's more I was a little disappointed <laughs> that it wasn't her. Although I agree with you. She really looked like she needed popcorn. Just like, yep, this sure is happening. Speaking of popcorn, of popcorn, the very opening scene where Murphy is, in fact, just enjoying a bowl of popcorn, popcorn and some wine. And some wine. He's having his Olivia Pope moment. Oh, it's yeah. so great. No, he's having a ball just watching <laughs> Dr. Curry and try to scurry out of this situation. Yep. This little hole he's dug for himself. It is just hilarious. Well, and um, Warren threw him in there just with the, I don't trust him. Like, that is enough to stop the entire operation in its tracks. Like, that was some good quick thinking. That was some incredibly good quick now, thinking. I, I loved this exchange, um, just the, this opening scene. Uh, I do, I do, I was like, I was, I was a little confused as to why, um, they were so willing because the whole point of using Vasquez was in case it didn't work. No big yeah. deal. Uh, so I was a little bit, thrown off by how quickly they were able to turn the tables in t- so that the situation would be in their favor. But I will say that I absolutely loved the exchange between Murphy and Warren without any words, just they can tell when something's not on the level and mm-hmm. it was and work with it and be able to roll with it. It was just so fantastic to watch them work off each other. Well and I love just how smitten Lorena is with uh, Warren. Yeah. Who wouldn't be? <laughs> Yeah, point. Yeah, from one badass woman to another, they just they get each other. Yeah, she's like, you, you stay with me. This, this is gonna be wonderful. You're an amazing lady, and I like you. And (laughs) yeah, the men just don't get it. And it was just so funny uh, the look on El Scorpion's face when she's praising Warren. He's like, what? I I love so much. (laughs) I loved how that was edited when Lorena just starts her little speech, and she's like, this one person has done everything and you see Dr. Curry and you see Murphy you see El Scorpion and then she says Lieutenant Roberta Warren and they're all like what the hell I'm sorry I was nominated for the Emmy how did she win no it's it's so much fun and probably my favorite line in the entire episode is just when she's a little I guess drunk on the Murphy serum (laughs) and she's like Armana come drink with me (laughs) that was just my favorite (laughs) just the way that she was sitting on the throne and gesturing it was great it was and watching Scorpion just try to get things back try to lie about her he can see this power structure that he has gotten very comfortable with and in which he is almost top dog he's kind of Lorena's dragon 
start to crumble because these people have come in. And him saying, oh, no, they've been government all along. They were going to try to assassinate you. Is him going, no, I need that back. Maintain the status quo. And then, nope. (laughs) Because Murphy saunters in in the background. When it's blurry, they don't put a lot of focus on him coming in. So when they actually do get a good shot of him, he's just already there like, hey, buddy. (laughs) All right. We have a a note on Twitter from Mike at Mike underscore New York. Murphy controlling Lorena was so funny, especially when she shrugged like, whatevs. She embodied (laughs) Murphy. It was. That was another hilarious scene. That was fantastic. She she is able to channel Keith Allen very, very well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She was yeah. Gina was having a lot of a lot of fun, sort of playing with this this character of of Lorena and and what the effect of the Murphy Jews was <laughs> <laughs> on on her. <laughs> can we call it that? Yeah, can we not? <laughs> Is that not the canon name? <laughs> I mean, does the script say Murphy right? Juice? That's kind of what we call it. Uh, yeah. Hashtag Murphy Juice. Hashtag Murphy Juice. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, he cut, there's a point where he, there's a point. Tea. There was a line he had that got cut where he's like describing what it is, and it's he's like it's all it's all organic, artisanally made. Murphy, <laughs> Murphy Aid. He's like maybe I'll call it Murphy Aid instead of Murphy Juice. I really need this on the blooper reel. Okay, like, I need yeah. to witness this line. <laughs> it would be again, especially, and we've talked about this time and time before, but it would be really great to actually get to see the scripts, um, especially because so much ends up getting cut. I think we were talking to Michael, and mm-hmm. he's talked about how, like, some episodes they cut like a half an hour from the rough cut of the episode, and that's so. It's like I want to see all this stuff that ends up on the cutting room floor. It would just be really exciting. Uh, but anyway, I do want to get back to Curian and Murphy, because theirs has been a very interesting dynamic this whole season. And again, this is one of the things we see come to a head. And as entertaining... <laughs> oh, God damn it! You did it, you did it on accident. God dang I'm so it. happy! I didn't even pick up on that. By the way, something like, something like that, ha- exactly like that happened on set. In, in, this, in the scene where Lorena comes into the room and finds his head under uh, on the floor, Gina Gershon was improvising all, all these lines. And at one point she says, you should have quit while you were ahead. <laughs> He's no longer ahead of the game. No, he stuck actually, his neck out for that some one. Some of you guys might call me out as a hypocrite on this, but I actually do love quoting Austin Powers when there is a scene like this, and I'm like, not a good time to lose one's head? He'll never be the head of a major corporation. <laughs> he stuck his neck out for that one. No, that's enough. That's enough. And that's what's great about that scene. <laughs> never is that, that's what's great about that scene is that he gets cut off and he's like, okay, and yeah, that's enough. <laughs> that's too much. So I actually do like quoting Austin Powers. It's one of the few things that gets a pun pass for me. <laughs> pun pass. Oh, I'm going to make those. That sounds fun. Like anytime I make a pun, it I'm just going to slide it towards I need to save a few of those in reserve. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going to lose your pun privileges, the few that I allow. You do not have the power to take those. Anyway, anyway. let's get back to Dr. Curry. <laughs> um, so I, I will say that 
it was it's kind of disturbing also there you find out a lot about this uh the zeros just from the very little things in this episode like having an iron maiden zombie contraption also having a zombie head in a box for just such an occasion <laughs> well they worship santa muerte which is terrifying yeah so <laughs> that's a thing but Actually, for a moment, it seems as though maybe perhaps they have created the zombie cure when (laughs) being bitten by a zombie doesn't turn Dr. Curian into a zombie. But And then from there, it's just a slow descent for him as the serum slowly begins to take effect. And Murphy is just having a ball playing puppet master. Or even when he's, like, just as a conductor. he's (laughs) You can just tell he's having so much fun having power over other people. And I'm looking at him, seeing him do these things, and I'm like, he's a supervillain. It's finally happened. He's become a supervillain. And we kind of, and I thought this was interesting seeing, okay, you can control them. Now they've descended into zombie madness. Now they're back to sanity. Can you still control them? And that question was never answered. That was interesting. I was, I was intrigued that Dr. Kurian was so surprised because for me, it was like, I have no idea what you mixed with his blood, but there was his blood in there. So yeah, you're going to survive the zombie bite. You're, you're going to be fine. (laughs) That's how that works. You're going to be okay. It's like a cool magic trick. (laughs) Although, he did say that he did create some sort of vaccine against the Murphy serum. Antidote, yeah. Antidote. That he created so to counteract the effects, but there's only a certain window of time he has before Murphy can take control of him. Sure enough, Murray. Murphy is able to keep control of him so that he doesn't get the chance to administer the serum. So he tells Murphy that before he administers it, like, okay, buddy, that was not smart. No, that wasn't. Good job. Way to be. Um, But he still knows how to make it. And now, obviously, he and Lorena, having survived this experience... Although it's very hard to do so without hands. I was like, he can he can make another one to conceivably counteract the effects. But where would that leave him? Because he's just ahead now. Yeah, and again, they've they seem to have come back to some form of sanity. So who even knows? And I wonder if it was all of the uh zeros that were injected or if it was just all those people who happened to be in the room at the time. It's a large operation. It's cross-country. So we could have some back reporting in who are still normal true. people. That's a good point. Very true. I'm like, oh, I'm writing that down. <laughs> <laughs> and the head of their organization is still alive and kicking. So uh, that's yep, accurate. That's that. not even a pun. That's accurate. <laughs> you can't get mad. Nope. Can't get mad. Nope, I'm not. Um, but this, this whole thing, What again, another interesting thing is back in the previous episode, we had them testing out this serum and sure enough the first thing the zombie did was try and attack Murphy and we get a payoff for that in this episode in terms of as soon as Murphy is no longer able to control them they start going after him specifically and as we find out seeking his blood that's weird an interesting development <laughs> a little disconcerting would you care to comment yeah, they they do. They, I mean, they they. It's like they they they're like addicts. That's kind of how we ah. decided to to write them, and that they're addicts looking for their Murphy blood, Murphy juice, fix. Murphy fix. Yeah, oh. they they just they just need a fix. Like that's they feel awesome. 
you know, when they get it, it starts to wear off. They need more and more and more and more. Yeah. That, I think, is a very, very fitting like that's poetic justice Karma. as Murphy was trying to say he tried so oh, hard um but that's really great poetic justice considering that these guys have been pushing drugs this whole time that they would themselves become addicts for what he has to offer mm. that is very very interesting yes yeah i think an unintended side effect that <laughs> obviously Curry didn't know about but yep. yeah and I, I think it's going to cause enough pause for Murphy to stop trying to build his own army. Yeah. For now. Come after him. For now. <laughs> that sure backfired I'm sure he'll me. still try to perfect. Yes. The Murphy juice. The Murphy juice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems like the all-natural, organic, direct-from-the-source Murphy juice seems to work the best. Yep. Although I love the line of, because you controlled Cassandra so well. Ooh, just gosh. brought the whole operation down. Like. Yeah. Wah, wah, All right, wah, wah. she's uh, a <laughs> hammer at that point in. Although, Woo. speaking of like character relationships, I did absolutely love that when it came time to administer the serum to Warren, that he he refused to allow that to happen. And I really think that highlights how important they are. I mean, because technically for him, if he's thinking, oh, whatever, I can get my own army. I don't need them anymore. If that was all there was to it, then he wouldn't have cared. He wouldn't have tried to stop it. But the way he puts it is, I like you just the way you are. Whether he wants to admit it or not, they're important to him. And I like seeing the different ways that manifest throughout the season. And this was definitely one of them. You can't travel together for an undetermined number of years without creating a really strong bond. Oh, no, I think he could take or leave 10K at this point. Oh, like, absolutely. I think if Probably. any of the rest of them were still around, feeling. he would leave with varying level of regret. But with Warren still there, he's not going anywhere. We we had the she's the boss of me thing. And if anything happens to her, that's it. That's the mission. Yeah, true. Yep. Were there any other ways that you kind of wanted to highlight the relationship between the two of them and how that's constantly shifting and changing? And most of all, kind of the power struggle between them, too, because a core component of that relationship is kind of trying to get the best of one another, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily in a vindictive way. Yeah. Well, I I really like the the scene where all the zeros are making their their offerings to Murphy like like he's a saint <laughs> and and it's like and he's not letting Warren off the hook in in this situation you know he's she doesn't get to cut to the head of the line once she gets to the head of the line she still has to make her offering before he'll talk to her <laughs> um, and and so he's he's you know he's trying to play up that that whole thing because he's enjoying being this this saint that you know people are bowing down to and kissing his hand and and all that kind of thing um you know trying to enjoy it trying to get Warren to I don't know if it's so much like enjoy it along with him but just kind of going you know I, I think he's almost trying to sort of set it up that something's going to happen I think it's a good plan <laughs> you know, eat, drink, and be merry. Let's let's try to make the most of this zombie apocalypse thing. I think is his attitude, and sort of you know, in that moment, sort of trying to get Warren to, to go along on that ride, which of course she's not going to do. But 
I think that's his that's his attempt. It's like, look, if we take the best advantage of all of this, we can have this whole like kingdom <laughs> if we want. Every- I have a very short parade. Please don't rain on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything the light touches could be ours. <laughs> It'd be so much fun. What about that shadowy place? <laughs> that's uh, where the zombie tunnels are. You must never that's, go that's there. Where they generate energy. <laughs> that's oh oh goodness. Sorry, guys. Yep, the moth is back the moth. with a vengeance. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's very, very difficult. Anyway, so um, another thing that Abram brought up oh, last oh week. Oh, God, there's two of them. <laughs> They've multiplied? I oh, think no. they multiplied. No, it's the same one. It's, it's the same, same one. one. It's fine. <laughs> okay, I'm hallucinating. Anyway, so one thing that Abram mentioned when he called into the show last week was that a very important theme um, that you that you really wanted to push for these two episodes for this two-parter was the Wizard of Oz theme going that ran throughout because we've had a lot of different genre episodes and so it's it's always fun when there's a particular theme. So what brought about the Wizard of Oz theme? Um, I think it started with this idea, if I'm remembering right, when we were in the writer's room that when they got there, you know, they would be sort of celebrated for delivering Murphy, but then put through this test... But then once they pass the test, that they would have this, you know, big makeover. And the first reference for, like, a bunch of them getting a makeover kind of thing was The Wizard of Oz. And so it sort of built out from there. And then when we were, you know, looking for locations, we found this winery where we shot the exterior. Um, and it's just so green and beautiful and lush compared to this abandoned aluminum factory, which is what they come out of, where we shot. And we just had the moment, Abram had this moment where, you know, you get Emilio opening the door and suddenly it's green and beautiful. And so, you know, the more we looked, the more we found we could make these kind of Wizard of Oz references. And they are in this totally bizarre, different kind of world. Um, and we kind of loved, loved the joke that this drug cartel had, had it the most together over, like the governments have collapsed. <laughs> Everyone else has collapsed. You know, the, this, this, this cartel had it together, kept things orderly after a certain fashion that, you know, people were trying to get across the border the other way in order to, to get into their, into their sort of safe haven. Um, and, and when they get there, it's just this, Green, so that's you know big, like the Emerald Wizard, City. It's the, yeah. Emerald, it's the Emerald City, and they they get this makeover, but of course nothing is is as it seems. Nope, I get it. So there was some debate: would uh, would Curian be the man behind the curtain, or would that be Murphy? Or because I mean, I guess Curian was left as a head at one point. In you this know, episode. Murphy's Toto, right? There was a, and we had a lot of people in the live chat last week uh, ascribing different characters. I yeah, I I'm gonna say Curian's probably closest to to the wizard since he promises one thing but can't actually can't actually deliver it. Says he has powers that he doesn't actually have. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and and I think his getting his head cut off is the. The moment when the curtain is drawn back and we see that it's just the man pulling the levers, trying trying to survive until Murphy comes to enact their nefarious plan. Yep, which totally backfired on him. <laughs> yes, it did. Yep, so I, I do want to talk about this uh, escape scene that follows, but first I want to talk to you guys really quickly about iTunes. 
folks. Thank you so, so much to everybody who's gone to iTunes to rate, leave a comment, and subscribe. We really appreciate hearing from you. Honestly, it's like the best part of my week when I read like a new iTunes review. So if you guys haven't already done so, please go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, leave a comment. And we love hearing from you guys in the live chat. We also want to hear from the guys who can't watch the show live. We also want to hear from you. So please be sure to leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Anywho, let's get back. So speaking of the Wizard of Oz, I couldn't help but notice that there was a yellow brick road, uh, sort of, not brick, but there was a, the way the- Yellow concrete. <laughs> yellow concrete. But there was like, um, the way the shot was, uh, the shot was lit when they're trying to make their escape. There were a lot of yellows, and that reflected on the on the floor below them. So it did look like the yellow brick road as they're trying to make their way out of the compound, and that just made me really happy. <laughs> <laughs> then again, watching this, and she goes, "And you were there, and, and you were there, <laughs> and you were there." <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I don't know what was your guys' favorite Wizard of Oz reference. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. I wasn't specifically looking for them. I was just kind of sitting back eating popcorn and enjoying it. Doc's beard. Doc's funky mojo. I love that. It's like, (laughs) with this thing that this team member brings, and this thing that this team member brings, and Doc's, that crazy luck, funky mojo. Like, yep, we're going with it. We are going with it. We can do it. (laughs) Doc's funky mojo. He does have funky mojo. I need that on a shirt. (laughs) <laughs> With, like, a bottle on it. Doc's Funky Mojo, guaranteed yeah. to work or your money back. <laughs> totally. Yeah. He and Murphy should go into branding together. Yes. <laughs> Product. Absolutely. Yeah. Pro- Anywho, so they, they ha- they're trying to make this uh, very daring escape from the compound as Lorena and her minions are after them, which, by the way, they still look stylish even when they're becoming zombified. Yeah. They still look real good. The guy next to her in the white tuxedo and the mask, I started calling him Baron Samadhi because I had no idea what his name was, but dang, was that an intimidating figure. <laughs> He's referred to in the script as the silent Haitian. Oh, um, yes. Oh. Um, and that's that's almost entirely his his role is to look intimidating. <laughs> was, Works. He, was he the one giving 10k the foot rub? No, okay. <laughs> oh, no, no. That, that was amazing. That, <laughs> that one. So, and the guy who played the the silent Haitian, Cal Norbert, is actually the husband of our uh, hair stylist. Oh, um, we were we were looking for you know tall you know good looking African American man and. He was at the screening for we were we were screening the first episode for the cast and crew, and I looked at him from across the room and went, "You, <laughs> you, how would you like to be on the show?" <laughs> so he was super excited to be to be on the show, and he's you know he's like active duty Air Force, and so oh. he had that whole like demeanor that you presence know, that yeah. presence which was perfect for what we needed and so we were very excited to have him and he was very excited to be on the show and it all it worked out great and he had that fantastic mask yes. oh yeah too and the suit and all that yeah no he looked fantastic on camera they all did there's something just about all of them walking in a straight line towards our heroes that's yeah. very intimidating it's yeah. always a lot of fun but the so this um they they have they concoct a last minute plan in order to make their escape and this is again where why part 2 is such a good payoff is that the zombies that were being turned into compost to generate heat for the the complex that's how they get their power they 
were still there and it was nice to go back to that moment because like that's a little bit of fringe horror when it's just mentioned like that in the first episode so casually and then we come back to it and there we have it we have our escape plan is to let them loose and to have them attack the people that are after them and it really a pre it was it was so weird because it's like two different brands of zombies running after each other and attacking one another they're triple locked doors like prison <laughs> That's a story for another time. Like, no, I want that noodle incident. Tell me that. It's another story for another time, Grasshopper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Specifically, young Padawan. One of our one of our sort of inside jokes is that Doc has just had every single job you can possibly imagine. <laughs> and so they're all gonna come up at at some point that he's just had every random random job. Which That's makes awesome. sense that he would know all of these random little things. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh no, I used to be a this. I used to be this. I used to do this. I, I was a prisoner at one point. <laughs> Did you finish this episode? <laughs> so, um, so they have that, and I will say that this is a nice little bit of—I don't want to call it foreshadowing because obviously we don't know what's coming down the way, but we see what's going to happen if a Murphy vaccine isn't perfected, if like an actual cure isn't created, this is going to be the end result. Is that a weird blend of humanity and zombies, and zombies are going to be at war. Even worse than the planet is already sort of at war between humans and zombies. They're like the the possibility of a third faction is really unsettling. And knowing that Lucy's still out there and that Murphy's still running around, still not biting really on one side or another, that's really unsettling to think about. Well, and we had the Dr. Curian speech about it will be your people that survive. Like you. Like, shall yeah, inherit thanks, the buddy. Earth. All right, <laughs> yes, sure. The Ubermensch. Yeah. The, yeah. the Bluebermensch. The Bluebermensch. <laughs> <laughs> I regret she wins. She wins. <laughs> <laughs> I'll allow. But so they make their escape and they come out of the hatch and um and then we have the the fight as we mentioned before between Vasquez and El Scorpion. And like I on the one hand I know it's important for Vasquez to get closure and to have to get his revenge and to be able to move on with his life. On the other hand, I was like, just shoot him! Guys are stupid. If you allow Shell <laughs> Scorpion to continue fighting, you might lose. I just keep thinking of um, that one episode of Firefly. This is something the captain has to do on his own. No, Nate! Oh. <laughs> he needs help. It was that kind of thing. Like, I'm sorry, you've been beaten to a bloody pulp and your insides are smoothie right now? Do you really <laughs> think you're gonna win? Pretty sure like it looked like they broke a couple ribs and he was least. having stu- trouble being upright. He had to be carried out. Like how how are you go- okay. I've seen enough anime to let this go. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know that he would have ever forgiven the group if he wasn't able to finish that on his terms. Like that's true. It's pretty much you know, you know you shouldn't let him do this, but you also don't want to deal with it if you don't let him do this. So it's like we'll step in if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and again yeah we I hesitate to say no body no death but nobody <sighs> It looked pretty final but I don't know he did claw his way through a zombie iron maiden so somehow I, 
I wouldn't put anything past him. Did we notice like, all the blood on his way? Zombie, like blood and pieces of you know little yeah. pieces of zombie little, flesh. Little zombie for later. Little little, little bits, but little snack. <laughs> we got a little something. But I I will go-to. say that regardless of whether or not El Scorpion is dead, because he's he's probably dead, Vasquez seems to have gotten closure on the situation. So. Where does that leave him? Do we think that he is now going to be firmly cemented within the group? He's not already. I, I think mean, he's going to stay with the group, and he and Warren are going to fall in love and make babies. And, and then, then he'll kiss. die. <laughs> because <laughs> that is what happens when Warren falls in love with someone. It's like, it's nope, like, sorry. It's <laughs> and then they'll kiss. But, <laughs> fight, 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 kiss, kiss, kiss. And then we get to the kissing part. <laughs> right before we get to the dying part. Usually. I'm telling you, it's a pattern on this show. It's a pattern. You're a pattern. (laughs) I am. (laughs) Actually, I'm wearing a solid today, and it's lovely. But it's it's a pattern on this show. I I'm I'm not entirely because the the whole time leading up to this two parter, we were wary as to whether or not he was even telling the truth when he told the story. I was not about. I was. (laughs) I was. You're in. Kiss, kiss, kiss already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, well, all right, fine. I was wary. (laughs) I was too. We were wary. We were wary this about This side him. of the table thought he was but a liar. That being said, if he has allegiance to anybody in the group right now, it is Warren. And at one point, she says, we have to rescue him. He would do the same for any of us. And I'm like, I don't know about that. I think he would for you, but I don't necessarily know if he would stick his neck out for the rest of the group. He's neutral good at best, and that leaves you a lot of leeway. But... At the very least, he really owes them now because he was able to get closure. Whether or not that relationship is more important than the bounty on Murphy's head has yet to be seen. I don't know. Thoughts? Well, at this point, with that particular character relation, Mm. it could go either way and I would not be surprised. I don't know. I'm going to refrain from judgment on Vasquez. (laughs) All right, fair enough. But what this does, uh, is there any other comments or things that we want to talk about? El Caminos. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I knew I was forgetting something. So they make their getaway by hot wiring a bunch of really snazzy El Caminos as they drive down the road, shoot down uh, one of the last drones, and make their way two miles away from California. It was just fantastic. five. Okay. You know. They're, yeah. <laughs> the five <laughs> was remarkably clear. That was very clear, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're like, well, they need some kind of vehicle. Um, I think we had maybe mentioned El Caminos at one point, but then, or maybe not, I can't remember, but then one night I'm driving around Spokane where we shoot. I'm stopped at a light when suddenly I'm surrounded by at least four or five El Caminos. There was like... A local club, a rally, I don't know, but there I was surrounded by El Caminos, and I thought, mm, El Caminos. <laughs> <laughs> or as Tenke says, El Camino. El Camino. <laughs> Those were real fancy. That was very exciting um, because, well, we had them um, out in the back of the aluminum factory. I think one of them wasn't running. Um, and then they ended up shooting that sequence uh, later 
on. Um, so I actually hadn't seen it until I, I hadn't seen that sequence at all until I think last week. So I was very excited that all the Caminos were were running and they were able to shoot that that sequence so well. Um, and a shout out to Daniel Schaefer who came up with the, the moment of 10K leaning out of the car <laughs> so great. and yes. shooting the drone with a with one of his gears. So. Yeah, I I thought it was my, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna roll down into California, you might as well do it with style, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. yeah. and they they actually when I saw the sequence, they had cut it to a uh, low rider, so it's, very, nice. it's pretty pretty awesome. Oh um, man! But that is not a that is not a song our show can afford. So. <laughs> Yeah. Our composer did a bang-up job of giving us the same yeah. kind of feeling. Oh, yeah. no. It yeah. felt really cool. Yeah. Well, that just about wraps it up for this episode. Do we have any other comments uh, about this episode before we move on to predictions? No, I don't think so. Your After Buzz TV predictions. <laughs> ah, that's a quick one this time around. So, next episode, we have uh, the group in California... We've made it. California, here we come. Uh, but it looks like Citizen Z has been hacked, and there's not necessarily any guarantee that just because they're in California, it doesn't necessarily look like they're safe. Oh, I can so. see all of season three in California. Oh, yeah. Just going all over the dang place. I can't wait for the L.A. episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood! <laughs> <laughs> Actually shoot at home. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be nice. How about you, Michelle? I I don't know specific predictions. I'm very excited that, you know, it's a flashback episode, and I'm actually more excited that it's not entirely a flashback episode. There are some series that just go back, and they're filming in a different period of time, um, and this is, <clears throat> excuse me, this is a recollection episode, so you're still in the present day, but they're actually sharing their backstories, so I'm, mm. I'm looking forward to it. Yes. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, sadly, there are only two episodes left this season, and that is both really exciting for what we have in store, and at the same time, really disconcerting, because the last time we had a season finale, it was a the nuclear, nuclear apocalypse. apocalypse. Yeah. So, I'm wondering how you guys are planning on topping that. Yeah, but yeah, that'll be good. That'll be it's, interesting. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> well, Jen, you know what it'll be? The big one will finally hit. Now that they're in California. Oh, man. That would have been good, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's not that. But it could. I'm like, oh, zombie earthquake. Well, Jen, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with us tonight. Do you have any upcoming projects that you want to talk about or that you can talk about? I know a lot of it is under... I have a short film called Bless that I directed that's just finished and is uh, heading out to festivals soon. We don't have any screenings yet, but I'll let you know when it Please comes do. out. All right. That yeah. sounds like so much fun. Where can people go if they want to keep up with you uh, about your projects and uh, find out when they can fo- when they can watch it? Oh, gosh. I don't have a website, but I should. Uh, but any time I actually get around to putting one together, I will uh, tweet it out from at Jen Elder. Fantastic. Nice. Michelle, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen, because that is my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Kiajay. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. And on Snapchat at Kia Prime. I basically live here. Arrow mid-season finale this week. And I think we're also doing the Muppets. 
My best. Fantastic. I'm Megan. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangua. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. I'm also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, including Ash vs. Evil Dead later on tonight. And I write articles for the movie Chick, Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. Folks, thank you so, so much for tuning in. Thank you to everybody on the live chat. Thank you for everybody on the hashtag. We will see you all next time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 